You're listening to the Unpacking It Live podcast, presented by MetaShare. Each week, Bryce, Luke, and Henry unpack sports, faith, and life with the goal of challenging, encouraging, and inspiring you to follow Jesus and become more like Him. Now, from Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here's your host, Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It Live podcast presented by MetaShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. For the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with you and the Unpacking It community of sports fans. Thanks, everybody, watching and listening on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. Starting in January, we will be on two other platforms that we look forward to uh, letting you know more about. Uh, So we're working on the final details for that, which is very exciting. Uh, We're also excited. This is our kind of last official show of the year. Next next Monday is our Christmas special. Uh, So I hope that you will uh, enjoy and partake in that. Uh, Always a lot of fun doing that as we think back to uh, uh, just kind of our favorite Christmas movies and traditions and songs and this year's hot takes, uh, what we're convinced of in regards to Christmas. So we'll do that next week. Uh, so so make sure you check that out uh, next Monday at 2. Uh, but, man, we're, we're just so grateful for this year and all that has taken place on this podcast. And thank you uh, just for your support and listening uh, week after week. And it's been a fun year. And this football season, I mean, it's been tremendous. So fun, especially uh, being with you during the football season. And then thinking back to March Madness and, and all we went through, the, 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 the ups and downs as a Duke fan you got to experience alongside me. Uh, some of you Carolina fans loved it. You loved the torture that I went through uh, during March Madness. But a fun year all around here on the podcast. And, and so thank you for, uh, for being a loyal listener. Today on the show, a lot to get to in the NFL. This will be very NFL-focused today as, let me uh, turn on the, the Panthers' light. The playoffs are, are right around the corner for Panthers fans. So get ready, baby. We got to talk more about that. And then last night, the Chargers with a big win over the Dolphins. And I think th- there was a lot of clarity that came from this weekend as far as a few teams really separated themselves, just confirmed, hey, we're in the playoffs. This is where we're heading. We're the best teams. And even though they got tested, like the Bills, like the Chiefs, they're there. The Eagles separated themselves even more from, from even those top teams. I mean, how good are the Eagles? It's, it's ridiculous. And I was reading today, the offensive line is the key. It's all about the O-line. We, we love Jalen Hurts. He's playing awesome. Miles Sanders has really had a resurgence this year. But that O-line... They're, they're, they're opening up ridiculous holes. They, these guys run the ball without even getting touched. I mean, they, they run and then they fight, you know, finally get tackled here and there, but they get through that line untouched, and it's remarkable. So uh, so the Eagles playing great. So we'll get into all those topics. We'd love to hear what you're convinced of following yesterday's games. We even have to go back to Thursday night, and who would have thought we would be talking about the, the Rams and the Raiders game? You better believe it. We gotta we gotta go back to what we saw with Baker Mayfield because that's that's quite the story. That's one of the, the you know, craziest stories of this season, uh, which is pretty wild. Uh, 
Before we jump in even more, I do want to thank our sponsor, Sugar Creek Coffee. Check out sugarcreekcoffee.com. They've got a passion for coffee, a love for people. It's handcrafted, small batch, artesian, roasted. Use the promo code UNPACK and you'll save some money on your order. And it, it lets them know that you heard about them from us. And so sugarcreekcoffee.com, use the promo code UNPACK. Order some coffee for yourself. Order some coffee for your friends and family as Christmas gifts. And, uh, and, and definitely let them know. Uh, that we sent you, and and really, you know, others typically have you know pre-roasted beans. That's not Sugar Creek Coffee. They don't roast until you actually place an order. So they will deliver to you, and you can be assured it's the freshest roasted coffee uh, delivered right to your door. So SugarCreekCoffee.com. All right, let's say hello to Luke. Uh, he's with me today. Henry, unfortunately, is not going to be on the show today, so we miss him, and we'll look forward to catching up with him in the new year. I think he was a little too bummed about the Giants' loss yesterday. <laughs> um, so, so that may be the, the, the case for him. But, uh, but, Luke, great to see you. And believe it or not, we talked to you last Monday on the show. And then you're a world traveler. You have gone around the world and back, and <laughs> you couldn't miss a Monday show. So here you are, but let our listeners know where you went and give us the highlight of your big trip. Oh, well, Madeline and I just got back from Amsterdam and it was it was unbelievable. Wow. And I would recommend Amsterdam to everyone. If really? you want a great tourist place in Europe to go to, in the world for that matter, go to Amsterdam. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. What about the red light district? There's a lot of things I may not want to participate in in that part of Amsterdam. Yeah, right there with you. I will encourage you, so easy to avoid. Mm. Madeline and I, so easy to avoid that part of Amsterdam and enjoy all of the amazing touristy things. Amazing museums, amazing food, English. Everyone speaks English there. I talked huh. about this on the cruise to the Baltics. English is really just common as a, as a second language. Us Americans just only speak one language. That's, that's what we're used to. Everyone else in the world speaks multiple. Um, I guess we're just kind of soft. But it's everyone speaks English. I, I, I wouldn't even be worried going up to order food anywhere. I just assume everyone spoke English because of how common it was. And the biggest thing, it's so easy to get around. The city, you can walk everywhere, and the train and metro station, the signs. I mean, it's... It's effortless. I've been in other countries. Part the part of Germany I was in was really, it was nervous, kind of walking around. Like I'm not sure this is the right place. It was kind of difficult, but so Amsterdam was amazing. It was very cool. It was perfect. Wow. Well, good for you, man. Well, I'm glad you guys had a good trip, safe trip. You're you're back and and ready for Christmas and and of course these last few weeks of the NFL season. And you know, I, was, I heard today four games left. Wow. So, but yesterday's wow. games were were remarkable. And so let, let's uh, let's jump into what we're convinced of. And we'll hear a little bit more about Luke's trip in just a little bit because we'll talk food and he's got a life quandary for us today. But here's here's what I'm convinced of following week 14. The Dolphins were fool's gold. They really were. It was a cute story at the beginning of the year. They are not for real. They are not a Super Bowl contender. They're not on the level of the Bills and the Chiefs. Stop it with that. So, Tua's got some, you know, he's got next four games to sort of prove himself again. 
He's had some big games this year, but they've needed him to step it up these last few weeks, and it hasn't been the case. And so they, at the moment, are fool's gold, and, and so I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with that. I was hesitant about them. I was sort of the last one on the bandwagon, but I eventually, it was undeniable. I mean, he was playing great. The Dolphins were playing great. But in the end, I think it's fool's gold. The, the other thing I'm convinced of, the Minnesota Vikings, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. The defense isn't good enough. you got to have a great defense if you want to win the Super Bowl. I like the Vikings. Kirk Cousins had a big day yesterday. They've got weapon after weapon on offense. But you got to be able to stop somebody. And on the flip side, I'm so glad Detroit won. We all love Detroit. Way to go, Lions. You're hot. You're playing well. Jared Goff has proven he's a starting quarterback in this league. You can win with Jared Goff. Campbell has proven, hey, I'm a legit coach. I'm going to get my team playing tough. They've been playing tough the entire season. Early in the year, they lost some heartbreaking games. They, they, they weren't right on that level yet of understanding what it takes to win. And there is a difference of what it takes to win in the NFL. And usually teams have to get to that point. Now, it's taken the Lions a long time. And, and some you know, Lions fans are probably more negative, thinking, all right, we're not going to get overly excited just yet. But for a fringe Lions fan, you know, just as a, just a fan of football and liking what, what they're doing this year, uh, I'm, I'm all in. I think they can make a run to the playoffs. They'll, they'll lose to the Panthers next week. Uh, but other than that, they just need to go 3-1 and one down the stretch, and they, they should that make it in. That game's actually huge. Implication wise, Detroit trying to make a playoff push. Sixteen Panthers trying to make to win the division. I mean, this week is fascinating. So I missed a lot of it as we were traveling yesterday. However, I watched the afternoon slot of games in the airport, the second halves, and then on my Delta flight. So we flew from Amsterdam to Detroit and Detroit to Dallas, and on the Detroit to Dallas flight, I watched Sunday Night Football. On the little screen, they had live dish. So I watched the end of AM's basketball game on ESPN. Really? And then I watched Sunday Night Football. But there were a lot of Lions fans on the flight, and they were in a very happy mood. Nice. It was weird, though, that there were so many flying to Dallas. So I guess Dallas is a, a hub for Lions fans. But it's it's fascinating. I unfortunately, I unfortunately can't push back against your fraud notice about the Vikings. I'm in this weird position of I picked them before the season as my Super Bowl to go to the Super Bowl from the NFC to ultimately lose ultimately lose to the Bills. But I can't help but logically think. So that's what my heart's saying. My mind is screaming at me. They're frauds. Oh, they're such frauds. They're 10 and 3, but they have lost I mean the 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 Lions game, you got to win that game. And then in the two games you had chances to really I mean, they beat the Bills in kind of lucky fashion. But in the two games against Dallas and Philadelphia, you had to prove a point. Blown out. Not even close. So I'm nervous they're kind of on fraud alert. Not as much as Miami, but it's it's definitely within within the realm of possibility. So it's it, the Vikings are interesting. But yeah, fortunately, they're, they're going to win the division, and there's there's no concern about that. No, so the Lions can't win that division unless, yeah, unless the Vikings imploded, which doesn't look like they are. They just don't have good enough defense. So on the flip side, I'm absolutely convinced, like I said a few weeks ago, the 49ers are a Super Bowl contender. And it's not that surprising. They were in the NFC Championship game you know, in recent years. They've been in the Super Bowl and, and you know, lost to the Chiefs just a few years ago. And 
Brock Purdy yesterday as a rookie. I mean, this is such a great story. This is why we love the NFL. It's for the stories. It's for the guys that, you know, come out of nowhere and, and get their opportunities and then shine in those opportunities. But here he is, 22 years old, going up against the GOAT, 45-year-old, temper tantrum Tommy. And, and so uh, he gets the win and, and looks impressive. But the idea that his parents scheduled to show up for this game <laughs> you know, a while ago, just because they wanted to watch Tom Brady. They knew he was on the schedule against the 49ers, but Brock Purdy, you know, third-string quarterback. Well, you know, here we are, week 14. He's the starter and ends up playing – you know, just very well, very solid. The way you, the way the 49ers are designed for their quarterback to play. Now with Trey Lance, they were de designed a little bit differently. But with Jimmy G, and now with Purdy, it's hey, make strong passes, don't turn the ball over, and we're going to rely on the run and yeah. play awesome defense. And that's what they do. And that is a Super Bowl winning recipe. Can they do it with a? How far can can Purdy take them? Where you know maybe Jimmy G does get healthy and puts them over the top you know, maybe those final, uh, final two playoff games. Um, so that's gonna be fascinating to see, but the weapons in San Francisco, CMC, even if you know Debo went down, he's going to be out maybe a little while. Uh, I haven't seen the final, uh, you know, diagnosis there. It's, but I think but, it but seems they incredible. got enough. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was overall good. Good news. I'm so, I mean, it's, you can't not be convinced that Shanahan's system is flawless. It's here without question. How many backup quarterbacks does he have to win with to prove that his system works? At least well, in the regular season. I mean, think of think of all the quarterbacks that Shanahan has won games with. It's amazing. The next question is, can you win a Super Bowl? I mean, they've been to a Super Bowl, so I mean, let's not write that off as something easy to do. They've been to an NFC NFC Championship game. I mean, they're winning playoff games. So let's let's not pretend that, oh, they need to win in the playoffs. No, they've been winning in the playoffs. Winning the Super Bowl is really difficult. But the fact that Purdy's going in, now Purdy was a good college quarterback, but last pick in, in the draft that he was drafted in, he goes in, and like you said, he just has to game manage. Throw the ball accurately. Get the ball to the weapons. Don't turn the ball over. Let the system do its thing. It is... It's it's very a counter to the normal NFL system of how to win a Super Bowl is we've got to get an elite quarterback talent and build it around him. Not in San Francisco. Let's get an well, elite defense. For it to let's fully run work. the ball. And let's get elite weapons to surround a mediocre quarterback. And it's working. Well, they, they thought that Trey Lance was going to be an elite quarterback. That's why they traded up to the third pick to get him. But... I, but I, I, for the most part, agree with what you're what you're saying, and and yeah, yeah the the coaching gets a lot of credit, but the defense too. I mean, the 49ers defense is is just awesome. And so every game, every game, someone goes down. Every game, they lose a player to injury, and they keep winning. <sighs> it's it's crazy. Yeah, they, like we we talk about. Uh, so this is interesting. Are we if we're going to? Can we really give the Chargers an excuse for injuries? We talked, we've talked before, the Chargers have had some significant injuries this year. And is that an excuse? Wow, the Niners are experiencing significant injuries and they're continuing to win. So, so what, what, kind of, what kind of conclusions do we draw from there? Because 
teams can still win with injuries. The Cowboys with Cooper Rush, you think, I mean, I mean, all time, the Eagles Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Well, well and then even yesterday with the Ravens. So yes. the difference between the Ravens and the Steelers, at least this year, is the depth that the Ravens have because they've gone through a million running backs like always. <laughs> uh, all their wide receivers. I don't even know if they have a wide receiver. Do they even have a wide receiver? I don't know. Um, tight end. You know, everybody's been injured. And then, of course, yeah. Lamar Jackson was out yesterday. Well, and then Tyler the Huntley, Ravens, didn't, he got hurt too in that game. And then he was out. Yeah, yeah, that's right. No, it doesn't matter. The, the rate, like Jim Harbaugh, he's he's unbelievable. He really is. He, he's so good. And it's interesting throughout this year, Tony Dungy has been real high on the Ravens. And I think Dan Patrick is too, maybe both of them, um, which I've always been like the Ravens. What, how are the Ravens going to be one of these top teams? But week after week, they lose, you know, they'll lose these weird games or they'll barely win against teams that we think they should blow them out. Um, but here they are still in the mix. They're I thought quiet. yesterday was a very winnable game for Pittsburgh. And they, I, I actually think they would have won if uh, Kenny Pickett didn't get injured. So he got a concussion. He went out, and Mitch Trubisky threw three interceptions, which was a disaster. But the <laughs> Ravens find ways to win, and, and their defense, of course, does it too. Um, but that's the difference between you know, teams in the NFL that can keep going despite injuries. But there are those teams that maybe are a little top-heavy, like the Rams. Once they got a couple injuries, Forget about it. Their season started spiraling out of control until they until they found the the miracle worker Baker Mayfield. So, uh, <laughs> which we can talk about later. But, um, but but yeah. But to your point about the Niners, the rate you know these teams that, that really have been able to overcome injuries, whether it's you know a few weeks here or there, missing a key guy or just the next man up. Um, and that's always fun to see which teams are able to do that. Um, well, would you? They're, they're the ones you can trust. Or do you think that's more? depth or more coaching I, I mean not they don't have to be mutually exclusive but would you lean more towards coaching kind of bearing the load of that when your star star player goes down to coach through it or would you give more credit to the general manager on the coach is blessed with all this depth they're able to keep playing with well yeah it's always hard as fans to how much is it the system where when you're you know talking about the Niners with their system offensively, they've plugged in running backs, they've plugged in quarterbacks, they've you know they've they've proven it over and over. Um, so systems can work. Of course, with New England, they had a system for a long time, but you have to have that, that guy that can that can run it. Uh, you know, with Brady, of course, but but even even with the the Patriots, they at other positions they plugged in a lot of different guys. And so yeah, I think system and coaching creates that system and keeps that system going. Um, so it's always a balance like with, with anything, but yeah, I, I'd probably lean more toward the coaching because I'm seeing it right now with the Panthers too. It's just like this reminder, how coaching really does change things, the whole tone, the atmosphere and the belief in winning. And, and really that's what Dan Campbell's doing in Detroit. He's, he's taken, Hey, my system works, my, my philosophy, my personality, my identity, yeah. and it works and we're going to keep going. Um, and they've had some injuries here and there too, but they, they keep rolling. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I just I, can't believe anyway, I don't have a great answer for you, but that's, that's my yeah. rambling thought on that. I, mean, I think it's worth considering because what do you do with Staley in with the chargers? I know you're probably out on him. As you said before, he may not be the guy. I mean, they're still seven and six, so it's not, it's not crazy, but like the Ravens feel like they're a, a five and seven team, but they're not nine and four. I mean, it's 
it's pretty impressive and, and the Who's Niners are great. Uh, oh. I think the biggest thing is I just still can't believe we're sitting here today and the Panthers are one game back from winning the division. Something I'm very convinced of, and I know people are not going to like this, but I don't want to see the Bucks in the playoffs. I don't want to see Tom Brady in the playoffs. I, I, all these people think, oh, no, we need Tom Brady. Star power, legend. We got to have him in the playoffs. No, we don't. The Bucks are bad, so let's 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 get that out of the way. They're teetering on being annoying. They're just kind of this. <laughs> can they just be oh, bad? It's fun to watch a forty-five-year-old quarterback with a hundred Super Bowls whine after every play. What do you mean? It's a blast to watch. What it's so annoying about? because when they they look bad, and it's we think finally they're just going to drop off and be out of the playoff race. But then they and keep they, staying this one game of head, and it's like, no, can you just can we be done with you already? They, they're teasing you. We, I want someone else from that division to make the playoffs, which I know is is ear candy for you. I just don't think the Bucks are fun to watch. I don't think that'd be a fun team to watch in the playoffs. It's, yeah. So I'm, I'm pulling for your Panthers. That's basically what I'm saying here. Thank you. And now Atlanta, they've sort of thrown in the towel. Well, maybe Desmond Ritter is is a yeah, he's stud, good. But he's a so stud. maybe he'll surprise us. Maybe, but it seems like Atlanta's saying, "Hey, we're playing for the future." Whereas the Panthers are are hitting their stride and playing really well. And the Bucks, yeah, they've just escaped. They've won some some tight games and you give Brady credit because he's had, you know, two or three game winning drives this year and games that it looked like they were going to lose that he found a way to win. And, and that's what makes him so special and great. But overall, the majority of the time, the Bucks offense is not great. They've struggled. He's missing his receivers. The offensive line we knew was banged up and they haven't been able to overcome that. You can't overcome that. And like I mentioned earlier, uh, earlier, Philadelphia has this incredible offensive line. It's it's not a coincidence that they're the number one team in the league, yeah. and and so we always you know we we mention this as sports fans we don't really understand how important the O line is but as soon as those players started going down in Tampa Bay that confirmed my thought on hey the Bucks are in trouble this year and and that that has played out and and a big reason is for that and then you want to throw the ball fifty five times with a forty five year old quarterback <laughs> uh, it's it's just crazy it really is so. The, the Bucks are in trouble, and, and over the next couple, couple of weeks, they play the Bengals, which they should lose. The Bengals are hot. They keep finding ways to win, and Joe Burrow's unbelievable. Um, and then the Bucks play the Cardinals. Then they play the Panthers, and then they play the Falcons. So it's going to be tight. It really is between, mm -hmm. between the Bucks and the Panthers because, you know, the Bucks on the road in Arizona, I guess, is a winnable game for, for the Cardinals. Um, but then the Panthers Bucks, that's going to be the big one in, in on January 1st. How great is that? Uh, what a way to kick off the year. <laughs> Huge game. Can't wait for that. Huge game. So, um, but yeah, like I said a few weeks ago, I, I was rooting for Steve Wilkes. I, I'm all in on Steve Wilkes. I want him to remain the Panthers head coach. They're playing hard. Even with Sam Darnold out there, they're not asking them to do a ton. They ran the ball with three different running backs. Uh, and they they ran the ball all over Seattle, who Seattle can't stop the run. Um and then to force, you know, this was uh, the first multi-interception game for Geno Smith this year. So as consistent first as he one. was, wow, yeah, uh, the Panthers' defense rattled him and made it made it tough on him. So that was a that was a nice nice the win. Panthers in with the Niners' formula: defense and running the ball. Hey, it's that it's not that complicated. Sometimes no, it's the recipe to winning nine or ten games a season. It and then it's 
is your quarterback good enough to win you playoff games? But if you want to make the playoffs, good defense and, and run the ball well. And that, man, that's what Tennessee's done. And and they're I mean, they're benefiting from a horrendous division this year. But yeah, if you want to win nine or ten games, take care of the simple things. Get the simple things out of the way. If you can't do those, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. Well, I, I yeah. The, I've, I've been impressed with yeah, the simplification of the, the Panthers of run the ball, force turnovers, play good defense, and they've got a great offensive line too. That's that's why the Panthers are much better, uh, you know, just consistently running the ball and and protecting the quarterback. So that's a that's a game changer. Um, all right, so a lot going on in the NFL. We'd love to know your thoughts. You can leave your comments anywhere uh, you're watching or listening right now, and uh, Luke will jump on the chat and uh, see what's happening there. Uh, but I do want to to get to this week's unpack this topic. And each week we do this midway through the show and we take a sports topic, something going on kind of in our world as sports fans relate it to our own lives and parallel the Bible and, and pull, pull out spiritual truth uh, that, that can encourage us and challenge us and inspire us uh, to follow Jesus and, and become more like him. And, and so this week I want to, I want to bring back a topic that, that I'm very passionate about, especially this time of year. And it is the word enthusiasm. And so hopefully when you join us each week, you, you sense a, a level of enthusiasm. When I'm, <laughs> when I'm doing a show and I'm talking sports and I'm talking Jesus, I, that's, that's what I'm, I'm very enthusiastic. And if the Panthers is light, Panthers light on. And the Panthers light is on the, the, the awful win. So here I am this time of year. I'm a big Christmas guy. Luke's a big Christmas guy. And you know, football is awesome this time of year, and it helps when when my you know Panthers win. His Dallas Cowboys barely won yesterday, which we'll have to talk about too. Yeah. Uh, but but you throw in the Christmas festivities. I've I've been spending time with you know friends and family. A lot going on, enjoying my my daughters, and so there's this level of enthusiasm taking place. Yesterday, my my enthusiasm reached its peak when. The Niners beat the Bucs and, and the Panthers beat the Seahawks. So late in the day, uh, hanging out with my daughters, explaining to them, hey, here we go, second down, big second down. Maddie was getting excited. My enthusiasm was, uh, was at its height. Now, here's the deal. Beyond Christmas and football and this time of year, keeping our enthusiasm about life can be challenging, especially when we face the endless struggles and, and losses and, and disappointments. And, and, you know, the reality is enthusiasm, uh, it, can, it, can, it can come and go oftentimes based on circumstances. But it doesn't have to. And it doesn't have to be based just on how well our team is playing or other positive circumstances in life. Sure, it's, it's easy to have enthusiasm when we're winning in sports or life and, and all you know, things are kind of going our, our way. But the origin of the word enthusiasm actually means something much deeper than excitement about Christmas festivities and, and a football game. And so writer Bruce Van Horn says this, the word enthusiasm comes from two Greek words, en meaning within and theos meaning God. So the word enthusiasm literally means God within. It was used to describe people who possessed God-like abilities or very strong God-inspired wisdom 
and convictions. So think about that. God within, that's enthusiasm. And so Bill Bright's book, I highly recommend this. It's called The Holy Spirit, The Key to Supernatural Living. He writes this about the word enthusiasm. It comes from two Greek terms, in and theos. It means to be in God. If I know that Christ is in me and I am in him, if I rightly understand my Christian heritage, my right as a child of God, my identification with Christ, and the role of the Holy Spirit in my life, I can, as an act of the will, say, I'm going to be the kind of person God has called me to be. I am going to be enthusiastic. I am going to be joyful, not as a result of positive thinking, but of supernatural thinking. And so, and end quote. So by the power of the Holy Spirit, we're able to think supernaturally because God is in us and we're in him. And that's how and why we can be enthusiastic, even when life is hard. And so, you know, you can mix in joy. This time of year, we talk a lot about joy. But, but I want to use that word enthusiasm because I think it's a powerful, strong word as we see with the, you know, the Greek meaning behind it um, and what, what it comes from. So in Romans 8, 5, it reminds us that those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. And, and so when we think about things that please the Spirit, enthusiasm about life and serving God will be a result. And, and so if, if we wake up in the morning and we allow the power of the Holy Spirit to give us enthusiasm throughout our day, how would it be different at home and work? Like, think about what our life would, would really look like if we leaned into the Holy Spirit within us and, and, and walked, you know, and lived a, a Spirit-filled life that as a result would be an enthusiastic life. Things would start to change. Our, our attitude, perspective, our, our, you know, just our, our view of, of life and circumstances would really change. Um, so a couple other verses, Romans 12 tells us, uh, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. In Ephesians, work with enthusiasm as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. And so what if we exuded enthusiasm uh, at, at work? Like instead of procrastinating, we, we jumped in on a project with enthusiasm. And, and what if we, we showed more enthusiasm when taking care of the kids or doing household chores instead of complaining? And, and what if we choose to have enthusiasm about following Jesus, sharing the gospel, persevering, and the eternal life that's promised to us in him? And we did all that with enthusiasm, even when everything around us is negative, difficult, and challenging. And so Jesus has redeemed us. He saved us because of his work on the cross. And now he lives in us. When we surrender our lives to him and, 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 and say, God, take over, take over. I'm a sinful man, take over. I need you, I need you to save me. And so by surrendering and, 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 and leaning in and thinking supernaturally by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can live and work with enthusiasm. And then others, they'll love being around us and they'll see God shining through us. And, and it's not about having fake enthusiasm. It's about genuine enthusiasm that comes from the power of the Holy Spirit, thinking differently and realizing you know, who we are in Christ. And, and, and when we don't get distracted and overwhelmed by the difficulties and the circumstances, but we do think more, you know, more supernaturally, more eternally, then enthusiasm can continue to 
represent our lives, represent who, who we are, and, and ultimately represent Christ who's in us. And, and so that's the encouragement for us. Uh, you know, the enthusiasm about sports is fun, but that's a super level and a, a, a temporary, in many ways, enthusiasm. And Christmas, too. So what happens on you know, December 26th? Does the enthusiasm continue? And it can as we live the spirit-filled lives, uh, our spirit, you know, living by the spirit. So, uh, Luke, when you think about enthusiasm, what what comes to mind, and uh, and how enthusiastic are you this time of year? <laughs> well, you and me both love Christmas, Christmas movies. We love all things Christmas, so it is a fantastic time of year. Um, this topic's actually really convicting for me. There's a a guy at my church. Uh, older guy, and well, he wouldn't like to be called older guy. He's in his forties, uh, <laughs> but he always tells me when we talk about uh, when we get into conversations about discipleship. He always tells me, he says, "Hey, we talk about the things we love. If we're not sharing the gospel with people, maybe we need to we need to ask God to continue to stir our affections for Him because we talk about the things we love, and I know I talk about." my favorite sports teams all the time. I'm eager, quick to get into sports conversations. Did you see that game? Did you see that play? But I know I'm not as quick almost all the time. Majority of the time, I'm not near, near as quick to get into conversations about how much I love Jesus. I actually talked to a friend about this recently. He, we were discussing how to, how do we talk about our faith Um and share the gospel with people in, in like secular workplaces. And we, we got to the point of discussing, well, maybe it's just about talking about what we love. Like just casually, like someone asks, Hey, you know, how was, how was your weekend? And you could respond with, man, yeah, church, I love church was just really awesome. Uh, that was a really fun part of my weekend. It was just like a, a casual thing, being able to just talk about the things we love, be enthusiastic about our faith, about what Christ has done for us. So you talking about all this just reminds me of, I want to be enthusiastic about what God has done in my life through Christ, and I want the evidence of that to be, I'm talking about it, and I'm enthusiastic about it in my conversations that I almost can't help but bring it up, like I often can't help bringing up the, the amazing things that happen in the sports world. So I, I just, this is a always a helpful reminder of, you know, I need to continue to ask God to stir my, for him to stir my affections for him, that I'm just eager and enthusiastic to, to talk about the amazing things of God in my life. Amen. Amen. And, and also for me, the, the conviction is what is my enthusiasm, my, my joy and, you know, contentment, throw that in there too. What is, what is it anchored in? And am I riding the wave of circumstances or momentum or, you know, good things? Oh, now I'm very enthusiastic. I'm joyful. I'm, I'm content because everything's going my way. Well, what about those days where, you know, things are challenging and, and not, going, not going the way that I want? It's very easy for my enthusiasm to be robbed, my joy to be stolen, um, my contentment mm -hmm. to be challenged. Um, but I think it's, it's those days that, that really speak to who's in us and the power that's in us and the, the mm -hmm. Holy spirit that that's in us and that's to that, say, no, I can yeah. overcome, I can overcome 
this circumstance and, and remain enthusiastic. I'm not enthusiastic about you know uh, this, the, the tough stuff necessarily, but I'm enthusiastic about who's with me and, and, and getting me through that. That's that eternal perspective you were talking about. And it, I don't know. I don't think eternal perspective is necessarily a cliche Christian catchphrase. Um, but it should be something we continually discuss on the importance of an eternal perspective, because what you're talking about is exactly I'm able to persevere. I'm able to keep going because of the eternal perspective of I have been made a son or a daughter of Christ or of God through faith in Jesus. I am in the kingdom of God. Jesus is coming back. I know what my, where my eternity is. That that is way greater than any present suffering, than any present difficulty, even any great day here or any bad day. The the perspective we get from thinking about the eternal things revealed to us in God's word it is what it continues to empower us by the Holy Spirit to keep going and should result in enthusiasm. Now, on the other side of things, it doesn't mean that if you're not an enthusiastic personality, that's not necessarily what we're talking about because some people are more mellow or more chill. Um, and it's like, you shouldn't be listening to this and think, gosh, is something wrong with me? I'm not enthusiastic. This is more heart posture rather than, mm. oh, that person's so bubbly. They're so charismatic. That all can that all sometimes is evidence of enthusiasm about God, but it doesn't always mean that. It could just be a personality trait. It could be stuff, like you said, rooted in temporary things. And someone could be really, really high energy, enthusiastic, but then on those tough days you're talking about could be really, 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 really low. And maybe the reason of that is their enthusiasm isn't based in a firm foundation, mm. which is what we should be seeking. Yeah, and no, I think that's a good point because, yeah, we probably think it's about being loud and excited and enthusiastic in that regard, uh, which which may be the case, but it's just approaching doing the work of the Lord, not begrudgingly or serving other people yeah. out of obligation, but out of enthusiasm. Well, I yeah. want to. I'm excited to do this. I'm excited to serve God. I'm excited to mm -hmm. live for him. I, I, I want to, I'm passionate. I'm, I'm, I'm eager. Um, I'm eager to love people. Well, not, not, not one of these, you know, yeah, we don't want to be, you know, angry, angry Christians and miserable Christians. No, we're enthusiastic believers and who follow Jesus in a genuine way. That's what, that's what we're striving after. Um, and, and day, there are days that I, my enthusiasm is robbed. There's no question. And I'm, I'm, just kind of uh, you, sure. you find yourself going through the motions or or, or struggling and, and that that sort of thing. And so those days and weeks are there for sure. Uh, but I desire to to live with enthusiasm to where, yeah, I want I want to serve God and I want to do it with with all I have and passion and mm -hmm. excitement. So yeah, and and sometimes that shows itself externally, but I think we all know we all know when we approach something with enthusiasm, with eagerness, with conviction. Because it's an internal posture of, yeah, like you said, it's not begrudgingly, but it's, yeah, this, this is internal excitement of this is, I love this. I'm so yeah. excited to do this.
And right. someone who's kind of more mellow and more relaxed may have way more enthusiasm internally when they're serving others and serving God than someone who's super high energy, but internally they're hurting and begrudgingly True. doing it. Yeah. 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 That's an interesting, yeah, we have to yeah evaluate our own hearts with that. Um, but again, Romans 12, 11, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. So, uh, let Continue to do that, especially Tommy. So I saw the movie you mentioned, uh, Christmas with the Cranks. I watched that last night, Odie, and uh, it really is a great movie. But what Tim Allen so does at the end of that movie, it really challenged me because he, you know, what a nice thing to do for for his neighbor across the street. To, to I can't give someone a cruise this year, but man, what could what could, what can I give? That would really oh. make their Christmas, and, and he you know, watches such a good cat. challenge. So, oh, what a what a what, oh, a, what a statement! I'll watch the oh, cat. That's huge. Oh, that was big. That was big. That's a good movie. You watch that every year. That's a, every year you watch it. You know, I was thinking about making this a topic for next week's show. The okay. the movies that are the every year, and then hmm. the the rotational movies. Yeah, I, I would say that Christmas with the Cranks has been more of a rotational every other every couple of years but I really appreciated it this year. I thought to yeah. myself, this is a good movie. It sets up so well. Um, so I'm, I'm in on it. I think I'm going to add mm. it, add it a little bit more into the, uh, the yearly rotation. Huh. <laughs> so, so we'll discuss more next week on our, on our Christmas special, but, uh, but there you go. That's this week's unpack this topic. Uh, it already went out through email. And, and so you can check that out on unpackingit.com. Uh, if you haven't subscribed yet, you can do so, unpackingit.com slash subscribe. We send out the unpack this email Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, and so we just want to continue to I- encourage you to, to follow Jesus and, and become more like him. And so uh, we enjoy uh, writing and talking and uh, doing on the show, doing this topic on our show each week. So thank you for, uh, for listening. And I uh, always appreciate your feedback as well. Uh, if you want to leave any comments on the chat, uh, we always appreciate that. So uh, there you go. There's Unpack This. Uh, I do want to thank our other presenting sponsor, uh, MetaShare. And, and so we appreciate their continued support this year on the show. And for those of you that may be able to catch your breath and trying to figure out, all right, next year, we got to make some changes uh, with, with our health care. Uh, check out MetaShare. MetaShare.com slash unpacking it. You can get a quote. Met- members of MetaShare save up to 50% or more per month on their healthcare costs. They say that the typical family saves up to $500 per month. So it's worth exploring for you and your family. Um, my family, we've, we've been a member for, for six years or, or so now. Um, and so I encourage you to, uh, to look into it. MediShare is a biblical, affordable alternative to health insurance. Uh, so MediShare.com slash unpacking it. And it takes two minutes to see how much you can save. Uh, so again, metashare.com slash unpacking it. So we could talk more about the games yesterday, but Luke, I have to go back to Thursday night for a moment <laughs> because this story, I always love good stories with Baker Mayfield, someone who I have not been a fan of. I accepted the fact that he came to Carolina. I embraced it. I thought it was a good trade. It was worth rolling. I think the you dice more than embraced it. it. I think you. I think you had minimal enthusiasm. There was some enthusiasm. Maybe it was more hopeful. I think uh, you were hopeful, hopeful for a. This could be something. Turn into something good. I thought this Panthers team 
was good enough to win the division. And I thought Baker Mayfield would would be better than any other quarterback that we had last year or in recent years. I, I did believe that. I did not believe that Baker Mayfield would be the franchise guy, the cornerstone that you can build build around. I, I, maybe I was hopeful of that, but I did not really believe that that would be the case. But he was way worse than I anticipated in Carolina. I mean, it was really bad. He did not click here. It did not work out. It was ugly. And I appreciate, you know, he was a pretty, he seemed like a decent guy as far as how he handled handled himself, especially now getting, you know, he got benched last, last couple weeks and third stringer, all that kind of thing. So the Panthers release him. Two days later, he's, he, he's, signed, he, he's playing for the LA Rams. I mean, are you kidding me? He, he He's waiting at the airport, essentially, or to, to catch a plane to go out to L.A. to try to get there in time to, to at least get some run-throughs and get the playbook. And apparently the Wi-Fi didn't work as well on his on his plane ride. He wasn't even able to, to, to fully get into the playbook on the, the long trip from Charlotte to L.A. So he had to get there, you know, get prepared. And then he goes in. He plays okay during the game. Not great. But he has this game-winning drive. And I wrote the devotional on Friday about this, but I turned the game off. I'm not watching that game, the Raiders Rams. And so I missed this, this, you know, pretty exciting finish to a game. And, and so for the Rams whose season has been an absolute disaster to come off the Super Bowl, we talked about it on the show that it's lot, the Super Bowl has lost its luster with how bad the Rams were this year. Mm-hmm. But Baker has brought some excitement, some enthusiasm back to LA. And it looks like he'll finish the year at least as a, a reasonable quarterback out there. Uh, but I think there's a fair question. Will Matthew Stafford play again? Not, not really, it's almost separate from Baker Mayfield, but just with the injuries and kind of where the Rams are at, hmm. does Matthew Stafford come back again? Or have we seen the end of, of Matthew Stafford? He's a little oh. older. Talk about it's like a neck injury or something. It sounds like a bad injury that he's got. So anyway, that's my. That's actually interesting. A question. I think from his perspective and our perspective, from the competitor in him and the sports fan perspective, you would hope it wouldn't end this way. To go from Super Bowl to really disappointing season, you would hope he runs it back. But yeah, I don't know. It is. It is. The Sean should be able to re- to bounce back next year. Um, I, I will have to disagree with you a little bit that Baker has brought enthusiasm to LA. I think he's brought intrigue. There's an interesting storyline, but I don't know about enthusiasm. I saw the the locker room after that game. I mean, they they thought that was as exciting as they've. You know, they of course were excited to win the Super Bowl, but that was a big deal on Thursday night when to have a guy come in two days later and and win a game like that. I mean, that's, that's impressive. It's it's crazy. Years ago, the Panthers had this guy named Brian Saint Pierre who was sitting on his couch taking care of his baby. And like a week later or whatever, he was playing for the Panthers. And it did not go well. It did not go well. <laughs> but and Vinny Testaverde, it's a similar Ooh, situation. He was Dallas came out great. Of Dallas he was an great. older player. So I've seen guys come off the couch and play. But for Baker Mayfield to fly from, uh, he's, he's here one week, he's gone the next. I mean, it's just, to get a game-winning drive, like that's so hard to do. It's so wonder, hard to win games in the NFL. Yeah. To do I wonder it what the play calls were. I wonder what McVay was telling him in his helmet. Hey, I know you don't know this play at all, but this receiver could be open. Look for him. I wonder what they're telling him. Because McCaffrey, his first game in, in the Niners uniform, Garoppolo was just telling him, uh, 
here's what run you're going to do. Run the ball. <laughs> run left, run right. Run, run this route. It, it does speak to, though, when you can play with no pressure. I mean, think about the expectations for Baker. They were zero. They don't, nobody, nobody thought any you know, down and out, everybody giving up is even going to be a NFL player anymore. I mean, all those mm-hmm. questions were out there and for him to just go out and just play loose because there was some pressure, of course, in Cleveland, you're the number one pick. Then, then you go to Carolina. It's like, I got to save my career. And then you go to LA and you're like, all right, I'm just going to play football again. I'm just going to so, let it rip with backup wide receivers. I think this Everybody's is fascinating. This is a whole nother discussion, but I think you're speaking to the the importance of of mindset, mindset, confidence, emotions. Those oh, three sure. mixed. And I, I feel like a lot of people view professional athletes as that's not even a thing. Oh, everyone's everyone's confident, everyone's dialed in, everyone's going as hard as they can, everyone's got a chip on their shoulder. No, there is many players who lack confidence who second-guess their abilities, who feel the pressure and aren't able to perform at every level, elementary school, middle school, high school, college, even the professional level, you never outgrow that. So I think you're absolutely right. When you're able to play pressure-free, I think potentially that's what's going on with Cowboys-Texans, why that game was so close. The the mindset, the Texans, this is an in-state rival, Hey, if we can go beat the Cowboys, there's something a little more to play for. The Cowboys can kind of maybe overlook the Texans and kind of try to sleepwalk through the game. It shouldn't be a game. If both teams come fully locked in with the emotions of, we've got to go win this game, I don't think that game's close. So I, emotions play, play a huge deal. So it's, will Baker be able to keep it up? I hope he does. That'd be cool. Yeah, I mean, he might fit well there. Uh, so, I don't. I, last year, I was more of a backup. I think he's the kind of guy that can be that spark off off a bench in the middle of a season for a team and be a valuable backup. But I'm not sure, or even a stopgap starter to a certain extent. But yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm not building my team around. I'm not giving him a big contract, long term contract. I just don't think he's he's that kind of quarterback. So. Uh, but he took the Browns to the to the playoffs. And speaking yeah. of the Browns, oh, to Sean Watson. I mean, it's it's not good. It's not good in, in Cleveland. And on one end, we shouldn't be surprised. Two years out of the league, you know, what what do what do we think he's gonna be able to just come yeah. in and, and do? <laughs> There's no he's talk about no pressure. There there is significant pressure all around Cleveland. Oh yeah. So think about how I mean, yeah, nobody feels bad for him. But the reality of what he's facing to try to come back late in the season to try to you know oh, work off the rust and try to build chemistry with with a new team with all that pressure that's a really bad situation and I guess in some ways it was good that the Browns really weren't in playoff contention I guess maybe a loose loose uh, opportunity but that's gone now I would say yeah. um, especially in a tough AFC so but but it's just interesting how we. We just saw Baker Mayfield. Now, of course, he's been playing, but only had two days to get ready for a game, and then he's just thrown out there and he plays well. And then Deshaun Watson, well, you know, he's been off for two years, so we can't expect him to to be good. But we expect – I was reading this earlier. 
we expect backup quarterbacks to always be ready. And even though they haven't played in a while, they got to come out and play. But Deshaun Watson, it just shows when you've been that disconnected from the rhythm of preparing for a game. Because even backups that don't play or get hit in live action, they go out there and they can still perform and play well. We've seen plenty of backups this year come mm -hmm. in and, and do a great job. But whereas Deshaun Watson, who hasn't played and really just hasn't been in the mindset of preparing for a game, being with teammates for two years, that's going to take a long time to, yeah. to, to figure out. And we're assuming that it will get figured out. I don't, I, there's no guarantee of that either. He's got guaranteed money, but no guarantee that everything's going to start clicking for him and the Browns, which oh. is discouraging for Browns fans. You hate it for him, but we need to get a pulse on Browns in, fans. Because I've, I've said this before. I've never met a Browns fan in my oh, life. Which is crazy to me. They all live here in Charlotte then. But I just, it must be so discouraging. At least the Cavaliers are, I mean, other, at least other other professional sports franchises in Cleveland have had success. But the Browns, I mean, goodness gracious. It's, at least the other bottom feeders have some excitement. The Lions and the Jags. The, uh, the Texans too, though. I wonder what's more discouraging. What's What's worse, to be a Texans fan or a Browns fan? I know one guy who has abandoned Texans fandom, longtime Texans fan, and now he's a Saints fan. Uh, he's He kind of liked the Saints, but I know you hate that. But he's jumped ship. It's like, I've had enough. It's just too bad. At some point, I have to, have, I have to enjoy watching the team <laughs> I root for. Like, hey, no, yeah, I, I give you all the credit to do that. Well, what were the Texans doing yesterday? Like Jeff Driscoll was in a quarterback <laughs> out of former guest on our show. But I was excited to see him out there. I'm like, wait, what? I thought he converted to tight end and now he was playing. And then they brought back in Davis Mills. And I mean, Houston, they barely have NFL players. I mean, I, I, you feel bad. Like they have injuries to guys. I mean, Damian Pierce is legit, but man, after that, it's it's very questionable. And there they were yeah. taking the Cowboys to the end. You guys needed a, a game-winning drive. Cowboys needed a 98-yard game-winning drive to beat the Texans. Not exciting. Not, man, you can't even be excited about that. That's just relief. <laughs> I know. It's, they're the weirdest 13-3 and three team, aren't they? I mean, they're 13-3. and three, Who? Right? The, the, the Dallas. 10 What's and their three. record? 10-3. 10-3. Sorry. 10-3. They're going to be 13-3. and three. But, but regardless, 10-3, and three, like – I feel like we're still we're still very hesitant on on them too. Oh, I know. Like I you're am. only confident in the Bills. Even the Bills in recent weeks, there was some skepticism. But Bills, Chiefs, Eagles, and Niners. After that, it's yeah, it's interesting. It's I wouldn't wide say open. Niners for me, but Bills, Chiefs, Eagles. Yeah, confident in those three. The cow, yeah, the Cowboys. I think with. The, the scar tissue of recent playoff performances, that feeds the insecurity of Cowboys fans and just national football fans. The recent performances of it took, I mean, through three quarters, you were barely uh, going to squeak past Indy. You barely beat the Texans. You didn't look great against the Giants, who are now finally showing that it's major fraud, fraud alert. So they haven't looked great. 
And again, last year's playoff performance against the Niners was so disappointing. That lingers, at least in my brain, that lingers big time. So I, I don't have tremendous confidence. So we'll see. I, I don't know. Especially going to have to be a wild card team, play on the road. <sighs> I'm, I'm a broken record, but Tony Pollard, what a legend. He's so good, man. I know. So good. This is going to be. This is going to be a huge offseason because a lot of our players are up for extension, and I'm, I'm curious to see what Jerry's going to do. Like, are we going to pay Pollard? I don't know. Pay the man. Pay the man. Someone's going to. He's too oh, good. Oh, someone's to. going to for sure. Yeah, he'll get a good. He'll get a good deal. Um, even though, gosh, it's always risky giving running backs big big contracts. Not a, not a big fan on the big the big running back deals. Those are those look bad quickly. I mean, even a guy like Saquon Barkley, who was so awesome for so long. But, 28 yards this week. 28 uh, yards, which is I mean, probably not his fault. That's just an indictment on the Giants. But, well, but he also was injured. He was also banged up. He played through it, neck injury. I mean, playing through a neck injury as a running back. So I'm not even sure. You don't get your return. You don't get your return on investment with how the NFL's played. Even a guy like Pollard, if you pay him, he's and you continue if he continues to have a large role, he's bound to get injured. And ah, that ugh, once you lock up dollars at the running back position, if you if, if you have dollars and two running backs, I don't think you can do it. Could yeah. you really could you really have Zeke and Pollard under significant deals? That makes it real difficult. Yeah, it's just, this Cowboys offseason is going to be big storyline i'm nervous nervous about it so you got to win now adopt the rams we'll, mentality we'll be on the Dak level the, the Dak contract uh conversation that it felt like it lasted six years i don't know how long <laughs> it actually lasted it was like a couple of summers we were talking about that is Dak worth the money we're still wondering we're still asking that question um or you could be like you know talking about running backs panthers backup running backs they're playing great CMC away, and the Panthers are running the ball as well as anybody in the league. It's just it's 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 nuts yeah. how that works. And CMC, of course, is awesome and doing great in San Francisco. Yeah. So different ways. Or even to, like the Jets. The I mean, the Jets aren't even playing yeah. James Robinson, Zonovan, and then I mean Brees Hall. Just draft your next guy. Get these guys out of nowhere. It's impressive. Speaking of uh, the Jets, Mike White gets injured, comes back out there. It has to go to the hospital after the game. He's a legend. Mike White. Legend. They they love him there. He's I'm, a Cowboys I'm, great. I'm a fan. Cowboys great. He's a Cowboys great. Oh, yeah. He played for – wait, he was drafted by the Cowboys fifth round? He – I don't know who drafted him. He at least had preseason reps with Dallas okay. for a couple of years, I think. Yeah, he was he was in the – you know, a couple of years ago, the big draft with Josh Allen and all those guys. I was watching the – the game they were talking about the quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson and Romo was talking about who who he would take uh, first in that in that draft. Um, so, but Mike White's been he, the Jets lost yesterday. Uh, you know the weather, but the Bills the Bills are better than the Jets. The Bills are better than the Dolphins. The Dolphins get the Bills this week, um, so the Dolphins are most likely going to drop another one, uh, which is crazy. So Oof. that AFC. That AFC East is uh, is intriguing, but nonetheless, I'm pulling for Mike White. I never really bought 
all the talk, it became a because we kept hearing, oh, the the AFC East, they're all above five hundred. They're all really good. Eh, who did we really ever buy the Patriots? Did we ever really buy the Jets? I, I think many people bought the Dolphins. I still in in the right game, the Dolphins are dangerous. I mean, with that offense, with their weapons, you have to fear them. So it, in the right playoff game, having to cover Waddle, Hill, Tua, who's on, and if they run the ball, and on the even on the defensive end, they've got big names. So I still think they're they're worthy to be feared in the playoffs. But no question, Buffalo's better. So we'll see. Still, I'm yeah, my pick I've is seen still holding on. Bills over yeah. Vikings in the Super Bowl. So I'm feeling great. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, gotta have better defense than that. As I said at the top. All right, let's uh, let's wrap up the show. Luke told us about his his big trip for today regarding food. What is that? Well, so I'm curious for the listeners how adventurous you are in the foods you eat. And, you know, I was in Amsterdam, in the Netherlands, and Holland, as many Americans would say. And I tried a local uh, popular food, which is raw herring. It is a fish. It's common in Denmark and Norway and Sweden. But people in the Netherlands, they catch this fish in the North Sea, and they, they serve it raw. It's, a very, it's very healthy, a lot of nutrients, but they eat it raw. It's salty. So there's all these stands everywhere. You don't get them. It's like street food. So they, you could either have it just on a plate, or you could have it on a hoagie bun with chopped onions and pickles, and they just slap the raw herring on the, on the sandwich. And it is amazing. Really? Madeline is not an adventurous eater. Um, but I got her to try one bite, but it was hilarious. She, she had to prep herself. So she had the bottle of water and then a dessert ready to go <laughs> to immediately have right after. Oh, the quandary of the life question is, I'm just curious how adventurous our listeners are in their eating. I, there's few things I won't eat. I'm willing to try almost everything, but Bryce, if you were in Amsterdam, would you have given the raw herring a go? Or is that, is that a, is that a stiff arm for you and you're walking past it? Yeah. So I, I'm willing to try foods. There's very few foods that I do not like. I, I can't even think of anything actually. Um, I don't eat walnuts cause it, I'm allergic to them. <laughs> But other than that, okay. Well, that's aller- yeah. allergies don't count. I I much thing. I'm 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 good to go. Um, I like you know unique flavors, and I, I like over the years I've become much more uh, uh open to ethnic foods. Uh, you know, love Indian food. Mm-hmm. Uh, love sushi. You know, you name it. I'm I'm in. So. I just, I'm just not a world traveler. So if I can't get it down the street, I probably haven't had it, but, um, but, but I'm, I'm definitely, definitely open to it. I, however, I don't know about raw, I'm not really into raw food too much. I like sushi, which I guess is loosely in that, in that realm. Oh, it was good. But, um, so yeah, I don't good. know about, yeah, just slap the way you said, just slapping it on there. 
they're slapping on a raw herring. That doesn't that doesn't on do the raw it herring. Yeah, oh, it was delicious. I, I had I had to on our last day. I made us detour on the way to the airport to get some more because it was so delicious. Wow. Okay. Oh yeah. Really that's, solid. That's... Yeah. Yeah. But to be fair, to be fair, I don't know if you should go seeking it out on the Charlotte Street vendors. Okay. <laughs> raw herring there. Okay. Maybe uh, yeah. maybe save the raw herring for uh, for the Netherlands. Yeah, no, that I'm, I'm definitely I, I like if I'm if I'm in a place I want to eat what's local and and I, I'm all for that. Um, I yeah, I'm I'm a pretty, uh, yeah, I, I like variety in my in, you know as much as I can with food and different different options and all that. So that sounds good. I'm not <laughs> yeah, I'm not real like oh I only eat uh, chicken and broccoli. I'm not one of those guys. <laughs> I don't know, but you're you're all about the hot dog life. Hot dog casserole, hot dogs. I feel like it's all about hot dogs with you, which screams picky eater. No, I'm the, I'm the least picky eater. Yeah, I I eat everything. So, as I cause, here's the deal. My mom always made dinner. Always appreciative of tuna casserole. I would I would, that was the worst. Other than that, she made great food. She made delicious food. It was always good. It was nine out of ten delicious. <laughs> In the casserole, I still ate it though. I still ate it. And then now, now that I eat, Jody does whatever she makes. I'm in. Other than we had this lentil soup one time, that was the worst. Um, <laughs> and we never had lentils, 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 some kind of healthy thing. Other than that, that's that's one thing I did not like. That was bad. Yeah. So Ooh, the but name, I'm, I'm pretty, the name doesn't even sound appetizing. A, no, not good. Not good. So if you're making it for me, I'll, I'll eat it. And if I'm in a local town or local, if I ever, if I ever get to travel the world, like Luke does, um, <laughs> then, then I'll be able to, uh, to try some of these things. So I look forward yeah. to that, but all right, man, well, glad you had a great trip. Uh, glad you're back. Um, Shannon brings up a good point. Gas station food. Nope. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty much out on gas station food. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't go that. I had this one like chicken thing <laughs> one time. That was fine, but other than that, I'm I'm out on gas station food. That, that's a fair point. There's there's a couple gas stations here that people will go to for tacos, like Stripes, Stripes Tacos, which I've never had. But I don't know. Like, there's other cheap options for food. Like, it's not a matter of ah, oh, I need cheap food. Got to go to gas station. No, no, no. Go to plenty of other places that are actually open to serve food. But you're That's telling me as a secondary you're telling, option, you're telling me you walk into a shell, a shell gas station, and you see the hot dog in the rotisserie station or the chicken or the pizzas that, that's, that's been sitting there for 72 hours. There's no way. There's no, I mean, never. In, I'm fasting. <laughs> I'm fasting instead of getting that. Or why would you just, just like, if you're on a road trip, you're buying prepackaged food, you're buying snacks, you're not getting. The, the food the, they try the to serve rolling, the, the rolling yeah. hot dogs. The rolling hot dogs have been out all day. Yeah. I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> the hundreds of however many people have been walking by sneezing. Yeah, I'm good. Good on that. Um, all right, man. Well, uh, gosh, our final official show of the year. And then next week will be our Christmas special. And then we'll be back in the, in the new year. Um, probably January 9th. We'll probably be back January 9th officially. Uh, back here uh, with the the normal live show. Uh, so 
as we uh, prepare and plan for next year, would love to to have any feedback or suggestions on the parts you love about the show. What you know, what changes we could make. Um, and and we're always open to to suggestions. And and then also we're we're so grateful for your support. Uh, we we continue to to rely on you as listeners to support our show. And and so our, our monthly donors, people that that give throughout the year. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. And, and so if you'll consider a year-end donation, uh, that would be amazing so that we can continue uh, with unpacking it you know, in the new year and moving forward. And we're heading into year number 10, uh, which we're really fired up for. So uh, value your, your support and, and, and really appreciate it. So, uh, so thank you in advance for that and for everyone that, that gave this year already. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, Luke, we'll talk to you soon on the Christmas podcast and for everybody else we'll talk to you uh then as well uh, i'm bryce we missed henry today uh but he's luke and we appreciate you joining us here on the unpacking it podcast presented by metashare i'm a sports fan who follows jesus i believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin he was resurrected and through faith i've been saved by his grace i hope that is true for you as well and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by MetaShare. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.